This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. On the show today, I'm going to be speaking with Ikram Merikan from Professional Employer Organization or PEO, Hexa Business. And we're going to be talking about all things related to talent and work. I mean, just think about it. We've had a tough couple of years at work. I mean, it's been anything but normal, anything but easy. And Ikram's going to be answering some burning questions I have about how to manage talent in the workplace, why it's so difficult to get a job these days, why are so many people leaving work without a proper backup plan, uh, do bigger titles and higher pay matter today as we battle the great resignation? Should we pay the employees who come into the office more than those who choose to work from home or is it vice versa? I have 99 questions and then some for Ikram so we best get started. Sure. My name is Ikram Marikan. I'm the Regional Director for Hexa Business. My business, Hexa Business, uh, we are a human resource outsourcing company. More precisely, we call ourselves a professional employee organization. This is a term, a PEO, that has picked up a lot of traction in the US and the UK. It's one of the fastest growing segments in HR but uh, at its infancy in Malaysia. So whenever I tell clients we are a PEO, they don't uh, get it. So we Mm. say we are a HRO. And then they go, ah, and the first thing everyone thinks of is, ah, so you guys recruit, you hate hunt. Mm. And I say, yes, that is one of uh, the many things we do. But think of us as an organization where you can outsource your entire human resource department to. So we can take care of more than just recruitment, uh, payrolling, leaves management, claims management. Basically, we help digitize and automate HR administrative tasks. Right. And what kind of technology are you uh, working with? Sure. Um, we, we've got a HRIS, a Human Resource Information Systems. Um, but we also work with partners in terms of technology. So we found that instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, is to actually get um, people who are really good at what they do and sew these um, different technologies together and provide a solution that's very comprehensive. So our value add is integrating all this and providing a comprehensive solution to the end customer. Mm, And this, I bet you, came at the best time during the pandemic when everyone was kind of scrambling for uh, uh, automated HR solutions, right? Absolutely. We found that... I don't say it with glee, but while many other businesses were suffering, ours was actually picking up during the pandemic. I mean, human resource, its uh, you're always going to need people. You're always going to need to develop your people. You're always going to need the right people for your businesses. Um, and I suppose we happen to be in the right business at the right time. And speaking of COVID, you know, during the pandemic, uh, unemployment was at, uh, I don't know, almost 5% in the nation. And at the same time, you know, companies continue to express frustrations and not being able to find good talent, quality local talent. Um, What's going on with the employment landscape right now? Has there been a shift? Has there been an improvement? Audrey, this is is exactly what we are finding with almost every one of our customers. Everyone is having this issue of trying to get uh, good talent. So what's, what's happening is while 1.2 million jobs may have been lost since MCO3. 
good talent is still scarce. Mm. Um, a lot of organizations have had to become leaner, which means they have to their their workforce has to be more productive. So all the good talent is being picked up very quickly. They're not left long in the uh, out there, you know, um, in the wilderness. Very quickly, companies pick them up, and so you've got this with this pressure to be to be to be lean, but to increase your productivity there is this huge demand for high productive people. Mm. And that's where we're seeing a problem. You've got more demand than there is supply in the market. Okay. And, and what's going on with those job seekers? You know, uh, people who are looking for jobs right now who maybe do not meet that high productive bracket. Um, what, are, what are their options? Um, actually, the options are not very good. So this, I think, is a failure on the on on us as a society as a whole because our education system has not prepared a lot of job leavers for the job market. Um, those that are unable to speak good English, those that are unable, uh, what I'm seeing today, what the job market needs is people with a growth mindset, people who are able. To take on this, we're, we're in a time of uncertainty. We're in a time where things are shifting. The business landscape is changing every day. We need people who are able to multitask, people who are able to take on different uh, roles or uh, who, can, who can specialize in different things, right? So you may be trained as an accountant, but you may be required to know how to apply uh, finance, finance technologies into mm. the work. Uh, people with a growth, growth mindset, they're able to adapt to this very quickly. People that don't are going to have problems. And the fact is this, that if you don't have a growth mindset, if, you're not, uh, if you don't have the, the base skills required for the current uh, landscape, it's going to be very hard to be employed. And it, it's, it's, it's a dual thing. It's going to be very hard to be employed. So on the, on the uh, supply side, it's going to be difficult for them to get employed. On the demand side, there's no peop- there's, there's no one who can do the jobs that uh, uh, employers that are need. available. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. And, you know, we've heard about how universities today have courses that focus on micro-credentials. So you can graduate with a, a specialization in accountancy, but then have, a, a, you know, some micro-credentials in finance and things like that. Is that the way forward? Is Are we on the right footing here in order to help um, these job seekers be more prepared for the workforce? Definitely. So micro-credentials, I think, are going to become more and more important in the future. Uh, gone are the days where a marketing degree uh, gets you ready for the world you're not going to come out being a marketer however a course on how to do content marketing might prepare you better for uh, the real world Hmm. Now, uh, Ikram, uh, we know hiring is an expensive process. It's also a highly time-consuming one. Uh, it costs money to find the right talent, but it also costs business loss when that talent leaves. If it's not the right fit, you're just going to have to do the whole thing all over again. Um, do you have any data or could you like put this into hard numbers for us? You know, um, How expensive is this whole process? In a nutshell, very expensive. But uh, let me give you some some figures. It uh, studies are showing that it costs an employer twenty percent of an employee's annual salary to find a replacement. 
So uh, I put that into perspective. If you're an SME with 20 employees and the average salary of your employees is 4,000 ringgit, let's say you had a turnover of 30% every year. The cost to you is 60,000 ringgit, the additional cost. So mm. uh, it, it's huge for an SME uh, with 20 employees. That's, that's a big amount. And, and these problems are solvable. That's why people like us, PEOs, come into the picture for a fraction of that cost. Um, you, can, you can curb some of these problems. Now, the reason, if you don't mind me going, like, uh, going a bit deeper into the reasons why turnover is high, why, why employees are having this challenge, it's because priorities are shifting today. So being locked down in our home, we just had a discussion pre-starting um, the interview about our children being at home mm. and how difficult it is to remote work. It's also given us a lot of time to introspect, to think about our priorities, what's important in life for us. And um, this is permeating through the entire job market. So everyone mm. now is rethinking work. What is important for me? Um, what do I want out of work? It, it's now going beyond just salary and, and, and bread and butter issues. Mm. Companies need to address this. If they're not addressing this problem, you'll find that today it's a lot easier. Uh, people, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people who leave their jobs without a safety net, meaning they're leaving their jobs without another job in place, simply resigning. Mm-hmm. Um, why are they doing this? Because of the, very, the for the very reasons I just mentioned, so it's becoming easier for people. They don't feel tied anymore to their job, right? And um, employees have to address this issue. They need to learn how to up the uh, employee, the complete employee experience. And what would that complete employee experience involve? You know, for, not just for your your large corporations, but also for SMEs. You know, what are like just the the basics that they need to um, check off the list? Okay, um, very simply employee engagement and talent development. So these two, I I always tell people, if you look at these two areas alone, you're going to see a huge improvement. I can give an example with uh, a client we worked with last year. Uh, Engagement was minimal because everyone is remote working. No one's really talking to each other. And the client wasn't focused on this. Their turnover was 50%. Okay. Um, that is yeah yeah and they're stuck in this 80s or 90s way of uh, hr doing hr so in in the 80s and 90s hr was all about uh, payroll uh, claim management leave management administrative tasks but all these administrative tasks today can be automated and digitized Mm. that's what a peo like us does okay which then frees up time for the client to focus on these two matters. These are, these are what I call high-value HR activities, engagement and talent development. And that is what HR in every... This HR of the future, that's what HR in every organization should be focusing on, which even MNCs are not doing enough of. Hmm. So, I mean, like, um, that brings me to my, to my next question, right? Um, but MNCs, they would have the upper hand in providing uh, a better work experience. The larger they are, the more resources uh, are at their disposal you know, to provide the, the best employee experience. Um, so, where does this leave SMEs? How can they even compete for high-quality talent? Yes. So SMEs are definitely at a significant disadvantage uh, when you're talking about uh, employee experience. SMEs need to look at three questions. Uh, Very importantly, 
which is how do I attract the best talent? How do I keep the talent that come in? And how do I engage this talent? It's three simple questions, but if it becomes the focus of your HR strategy, you can, while there is a disadvantages, uh, while there's a disadvantage, sorry, you can uh, overcome them. Um, mm. one, one, one area where I think SMEs can, um, can look at, or one area they can look at, is the services of a PEO a professional employer organization. So I'm, uh, I'm not trying to blow my trumpet, but I'm try- what I want to say is this. If your HR tasks can be automated, digitized, and you can offer better benefits, which only a PEO can do, um, mm. you immediately put yourself almost on par with some of the MNCs. So what do I mean by benefits, right? Um, an SME is not going to be able to offer very competitive insurance benefits, for example to its mm. employees. One reason is this, uh, an SME has 10 to 99 employees. So when you approach an insurance company and say, hey, I want to cover my employees, you're going to get a standard package. As opposed to an MNC with 6,000 employees, they've got economies of scale. So yeah. when they talk to an insurance company, they're getting fantastic rates, which are far cheaper, and they're getting better benefits. A PEO mm. like us actually pulls all our clients' employees together so let, let's assume I've got 100 clients. Each client has 20 employees. That's 2,000 employees. So when I talk to insurance companies, I've got scale already, meaning we're able to bring in better benefits to, mm. to the employees. So that's one area, the benefits. The other area is um, digitizing and automation, automating your HR. So your HR people can actually now focus on core issues that affect HR today. Are my employees engaged? Uh, what's important for my employees? What do they think of the company? How can I change their perception? Are the managers treating employees in the right way? Do we have proper structures and systems in place to reward performance and to um, uh, weed out non-performers? Because honestly, when you've got uh, people who are performing and an equal number of people who are not performing and there's no distinction, there's no reward system to reward these Mm. people that are performing, eventually everyone just slips into mediocrity. All right, it is time for us to squeeze in some messages. But when we get back, why you shouldn't allow your employees to decide if they should work from home. You heard that right. This is a big one, guys. You want to stay tuned for this. Resource Centre will be right back with Ikram Marikan from Hexa Business. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Benchmark for Managers. BFM 89.9. Thank you for sticking with us. This is Resource Center. My name is Audrey Raj, and I have on the line with me right now Ikram Merican, the regional director of Hexa Business. And Ikram's just sitting here answering my 99 questions. Okay, I exaggerate. Uh, on what Malaysians want at work. Now, I just want to backtrack a bit, Ikram, to what we were talking about earlier about um, talent development and employee experience, employee engagement, right? Um, if, if that is the main key today in creating the best employee experience, um, do titles and uh, a good remuneration package even matter? 
they do matter to a certain degree. So there's 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 only so much you can increase a person's salary until um, in economics we call it the uh, diminishing marginal utility, right? Mm. So you know maybe uh, for for a person ten thousand ringgit is what he wants, and he'd be really happy with ten thousand ringgit a month. Increasing it to twelve thousand would reduce that. He would be happier, but not by as much as by he much, got from the yeah. first jump, right? Then as yeah. you keep increasing, the marginal utility diminishes. So up to a point, yes, remuneration matters. Beyond yeah. that, it comes to benefits. It comes to the culture in the workplace. It comes to how the team uh, interacts with one another. It comes to the um, experience that the organization is offering in totality. I've, I've, I met a lady just yesterday who's, I would say she's well paid, but wants to leave her organization. And she's been thinking of leaving the organization for the last two years because she has a boss who, uh, for lack of a better word, torments her. Um, and it's, and it's uh, you know, just derogatory words that are being used. It's uh, putting down the employee. Um, so in, in the face of that, no matter how much you're going to pay the employee, mm. you're not going to keep that person happy. True, true. Now, um, the other thing that the pandemic has uh, kind of gifted us, for a lack of a better word, uh, is what uh, we have coined the Great Resignation. Now, I believe we also experienced, well, our own iteration of the of the Great Resignation here in Malaysia. Why do you think this had to happen during the pandemic? Was it just something that was bound to happen anyways without COVID? Or you know, what are your thoughts on this? Right. So I think a few factors coalesced together to create the right uh, conditions for the great resignation. Um, one, of, one of it is that, they, and this was pointed out in an article in the forms, uh, that the number of jobs available and those unemployed uh, is is not in sync, mm. meaning there are more there are more jobs than there are unemployed people. This difference in the US is three million people. Okay? So it's a okay. huge number, yeah. and so you've got a very simple case of economics. The 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 supply is lower than demand. It's it's an employees market. You can easily resign and find a new job. So I think that's one of the contributors for the great resignation. The other thing is that um, the the shifting priorities. People just realize that you know um, this this is uh, is am I getting meaning from my employment? Um, am I happy in my current employment? Is uh, am I am I happy? Am I getting that great experience that I want? And the answers were no. People were leaving. And the third factor that I think came in together is that we are seeing entrepreneurship rise at a level which is phenomenal. In US, yeah. from 2019 to 2020, this increase was 95%. Wow. So you, wow. we're looking at a huge <laughs> chunk of employable people moving into entrepreneurship. It's happening in the US, it happened in the UK, it's happening in France, it's even happening in Malaysia. So we're calling this, or we're coining them pandemic entrepreneurs. Mm. So when you have mm. a significant portion, you already have this discrepancy between the uh, um, available jobs and um, unemployment. And then you've got these huge swaths of people leaving to become entrepreneurs. Um, and then you've got people rethinking their priorities. You've got this perfect condition for uh, what's happening, uh, you know, what this great resignation. Right. 
Okay, so coming back to employee experience, you have the workforce out there demanding for better uh, working conditions, uh, working environments, and rightly so. Uh, do you think pandemic trends uh, such as work from home are here to say? I know that for you, it's just not workable and you're not a fan of it. Uh, but do you think... Uh, these trends that we've seen, more uh, hybrid work conditions, more remote working uh, opportunities and uh, actual permanent work from home uh, models, do you think um, that they are here to stay? Right. So just as a full disclosure before I answer, I, I don't think remote working works for me, but my, my view about it is tempered. Uh, mm. I, I think it may work for some people. Uh, having said that, if you look at service that have been conducted, I'm, 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 uh, many of these surveys that I'm looking at point to the fact that um, the majority are not in favor for a full remote work policy. Uh, you've, you've got some, some those that on, on one end of the extreme, which is a small uh, minority, and then you've got the others on the other end of the extreme, which is complete uh, work on site, work in the office, which again is a minority, and the majority is sitting in the middle so most people want a hybrid solution, mm, mm. Um, which is a combination of working from home and working on site. And I think this is the best model moving forward. So from our, our own experience, we found that work from home, it, it, it works well with some individuals. It doesn't work well with some individuals. I'll give you examples of how where we saw it working and where we see it failing with high performers who are highly experienced, we find that uh, when they work from home, they're still productive. There's no, there's, no, there's no decline and they're able to thrive in that condition. They have the discipline and the knowledge to be able to, to work without much supervision. Um, when it comes to uh, low performers, people who don't perform so well, they, find, they struggle to manage their time working com uh, fully remote. And then we found that um, new joiners during the onboarding session, they tend to like it better when it's on-site. So they, they, they meet the uh, people physically. The onboarding experience becomes a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also found that high levels of engagement is more possible when people are on-site. So you've got different needs that need to be catered for within an organization. And you need to look at your remote working policies and uh, you need to be cognizant of, uh, of this fact that there are different needs and tailor your remote working policies towards this, meaning your high performers can be full remote. Your, those that are not performing so well, uh, they, need, they need help. They need to be uh, perhaps developed, perhaps nurtured, um, and, and this is better done on site. Mm. Uh, then for new joiners, you might want them actually, you know, the first one month or so being in the office. So they, 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 they get immersed into the company culture and, and, and their training and, and so forth. Mm. Now, um, what can employers do about the perceived injustice when it comes to allowing one set of workers to have the option to work from home and others uh, being having the need to uh, come in on a daily basis? Because that's something that I'm hearing more business owners and organizations struggling with, you know, this perceived injustice. Do we need to um, financially um, compensate those who 
uh, are requested to come into the office on a daily basis as opposed to those working from home also feel that they need to be compensated for things like um, broadband access and you know better you know office chairs and things like that for when they work from home so you've got all these little injustices perceived injustices happening in the workplace and how can employers better manage those situations that's a great question audrey so yes, you know, this, this whole shift is bound to create a lot of uh, very important questions. I think organizations, I mean, the best way to go about this is it, it must make sense to an organization's bottom line. So does providing, your, uh, does providing your employees with the right tools, the right technology, the right internet bandwidth, uh, increase productivity? If it does, by how much? We need to get very clear. We, we, you know, to be honest, everyone's experimenting on, on, on this whole work from home thing, right? So we need to go down to facts and companies need to become very aware of this. How much uh, can I spend on um, office furniture, for example? Uh, there's one company I know that's, uh, that allowed, that's giving their employees a budget to buy a workstation at home, right? Mm. Does that help your employee by how much? Is it is it worth, uh, am I getting good return on the dollar for this, right? And you'll find most of the time that investing in things like this, in tools, in technology, in your employees' development, in training them, it pays off. So um, let's not look at it because if you're going to answer it from a... Uh, uh, a very general point of view. General, or, or you're looking at it, whether it's right or wrong or good or bad, it's going to be very hard. There's a lot of gray areas. But if you look at the returns from investing in your employee, giving them the right tools and technologies, uh, that is without a doubt, uh, uh, is going to produce good returns. So where how do, how do employees balance that off? Where's the... Where, where do you draw the line and say, okay, this is too much or this is, uh, this is enough? That is for organizations to look into in, in depth and um, decide for themselves. There's another okay. area where there's this injustice happening that most people are actually not aware of. Hmm. So if you ask me, you know, most organizations, when they look at remote policies, they're looking at uh, giving this uh, the power of choice to the employee, right? So they're trying to be good. They're trying to say, okay, I'm going to let allow my employees to choose whether they work from home or whether they work from the office. This is a completely wrong strategy. It creates another injustice. And I'll tell you why. If you look at the statistics, women are 50% more likely to opt for full remote work. More yes. than men, right? Um, and then if you look between men also, Single men are more likely to opt for work from home. Men with families mm -hmm. might opt for working in, uh, for having a flexible arrangement or from working uh, at home. So over time, if you allow employees to choose, you're going to find that there is a very clear segregation takes place. More of your women are going to be working from home. More of your men are going to be working in the office. Among your men, it's going to be the single men. And that puts the people who are in the office at a significant advantage because they are more likely to get promoted. Um, you know, they're, they're in front of their manager every day. They have this advantage of being able to develop closer relationships with their managers who are in the office. Mm. Um, this poses a risk to diversity. You might find in the long term, many of the women are not getting promoted, the men are getting promoted. And this is a form of um, injustice. 
So I feel organizations should not leave choice in their employees' hands, but instead should take uh, control of this and decide on a needs basis. Interesting. Very interesting. Thanks for pointing that out, Ikram. It's something that maybe we'll need to discuss further <laughs> later on. Uh, Ikram, I, I also understand that um, Hexa Business has its own um, COVID recovery package that's designed to help uh, SMEs tackle um, talent problems. Uh, can you talk to us a bit about that? Yep. So what we do is um, we've got a solution as a professional employee organization that comprising um, uh, automation and digitization. So there's the software to handle all the administrative tasks like uh, payroll, leave management, claims, performance, uh, HRIS, and so forth. Then we've got the other component, which is the benefits component. So uh, giving your employees better insurance and at savings because we get scale. We've got about a thousand worksite employees and um, we have that that ability to get uh, economies of scale. So, uh, you know, our clients save up to 30% on insurance costs through us. And additional benefits, so we're working with companies like Bajaya. Uh, Bajaya has a, uh, a subsidiary called B-Infinite, which is mm-hmm. a reward system. Um, we're integrating that into our solution. So employers are able to give uh, better rewards and points to their employees uh, in relation to retail merchants out there, over 150 to be exact. Um, we've got a outpatient solution, which is app-based. So uh, your employees don't, when they go to, when they make a GP visit, uh, they just flick out the app, they scan the QR code at the doctors after the uh, uh, checkup. Uh, you just key in in the app, what's the amount to be paid, and it's done. No, mm. no lengthy claims process, no uh, keeping receipts and then uploading them and so forth. Uh, this goes back to employee experience. The employees will feel that they are in an MNC in a larger organization. So that's the benefits uh, portion. Then we've got recruitment. So we have got a huge um, recruitment team and we're able to recruit talent uh, across the region. Uh, We are in nine countries at the moment, uh, but even beyond the nine countries, we're able to recruit talent. So we bring that in as well as part of the package. Then we've got templates. So a lot of SMEs struggle with this um, offer Mm. letters, hiring letters, disciplinary letters, employee Mm. handbook. Everything can be custom uh, made for our clients. Uh, And they get access to all these templates. And finally, we uh, package consulting work as well. Uh, things like, you know, how do you come up with a good remote working policy? Um, are you compensating your employees um, well? What is your training and development plans for employees? So we help answer some of these questions. Right. Excellent. Now, for our listeners uh, tuning in right now who would like to get in touch with Hexa Business on your recovery package or, you know, just to explore uh, some of your services, is there a website that they can go to? How can they get in touch? Yes, our website is Hexa Business. That's H-E-X-A Business dot com. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you know what to do. You can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Ikram Marikan, the Regional Director at Hexa Business. My name is Audrey Raj. More Resource Centre coming to you same time next week. But till then, have a wonderful week ahead. BFM 89.9. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.